I don't know how many campaign songs start with shoot me, it's the first words. The best ones. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We are broadcasting from Show Creator Studios South here in Las Vegas. This is a Mission Control episode, our last chance to check in with our fearless leader before he heads off to Europe. Uh, he's about to head off to England to see how he's feeling. Here he is, preaching the love, Pendulum. Yeah! Preaching love. The next time we do, the, there'll be a lot of, we got a lot of good shows We have recorded. great shows. We have great shows recorded. But the next time, the next time we do a live show, I will have done a full show in Spain at Teatro Talia on June 23rd, 24th, and 25th, two shows on the 24th. But Hondro just did a game show, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of quiz shows in Spain where he went on, and I didn't know this about Hondro, but Hondro needs glasses badly Oh, and doesn't wear them, nor contacts. So he went on a game show where the questions were on a board that he couldn't read. <laughs> so he just pushed the buzzer as fast as he could and then had no answers. So he would lean over and say he had a civilian partner, one of those shows where you play with a celebrity for money. Yeah. And just apologize to him every time going, I, I don't know any of these things. So he got like no points at any of the shows. He then went on a um, musical show. Now, you know Hondro's knowledge of music Right there with Godot. Yeah. You ask him what kind of music he likes. Does he say, I understand flamenco? No. Completely? No. Does he say, you know, I have a knowledge of Fito? No. Nino Bravo? No, not even that. No. Two songs of Nino Bravo. You know, <laughs> Liberté, and that's it. And then uh, uh, that's only one. There must be another one. I was guessing. He knows the Beatles. Yeah. Kind of. A little bit of Beatles. Not a big music guy. Not a big music guy. He went on a music show, music trivia show. Oh my God. Hit the buzzer every time, didn't have the answer ever. To the point that his competition just folded his hands and waited because Hondra was hitting the buzzer every time, not knowing it, and the guy would just say it and win. <laughs> but he went on that show and said um, that he was doing a show with me in yeah. Valencia. And uh, uh, I think I told you this. I don't think so. Was asked, was asked, <laughs> oh, does Penn speak Spanish well? And Andrew said, no. That was it. That's it. Got an answer. Got a huge laugh. <laughs> huge laugh. And we are now 80% sold, and it's a month away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a month away. So it's going to be absolutely clean. And I didn't know this, but they don't do theater in the summer much in Valencia. And that weekend is a beach weekend holiday that they just closed down all theaters. So the theater owner can't believe he sold out a week where he's never made money. Oh, that's great. So, um, uh, well, the theater owner will make money. Yes. But by the time we're done with transportation and props, we're having a lot of props built. Yes. By the time we're done with all that, Hondro figures we won't lose too much money. There you go. Yeah. Theater, yeah. baby. And then that money that's left over, 
we'll be buying paella for all our friends. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of friends come to this show. Man, yes. I mean, if you didn't care at all about the show on the stage, yeah. you would come to the show just to look around the audience. Danny, Woody, I mean, Hector, everybody's coming. Well, I would go just for paella. Yeah. So I might paella. be going over there. Uh, we're going back to the same place. We went with the Junke. Mm -hmm. Junke is building all the props, and he's coming to the show. And Junke, who has a park named after him. He has what? a park. He's a magician with a park. That's incredible. Outside of Valencia, there's a, there's a town that he lives in, and he's a big star, Junke. He does big stage illusions. He's like the Copperfield of Spain, but younger. But the now, is he well-liked, or did he just launch like a Kickstarter or something? Very well-liked. Okay. And it's a park with swings for the children, and it's all paved in cards. Oh, fun. And there's a statue of him doing magic, and it's like Junque Park. I've never heard anything more Spanish in my life. <laughs> and we went to his warehouse where uh, he won Fool Us. Like, just think for a moment, by the way, how... Inappropriate would be to have a children's park with your statue in it. Just <laughs> you wouldn't, you couldn't pay it so, with cards. I so wanted a park. You want a park? I want a park. It was so, it was so incredible. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe start being a little nicer to the kids then. Maybe. Something. Figure something. It's not out a there. huge park. <laughs> it's not like Central Park. No. It's like a little neighborhood park. A little, little nook. Yeah. It's and I we went to his warehouse. Yeah. Where he. Showed me a trick that would have won on Fool Us because he's Spanish. Yes. And uh, one of the lines we're doing in our show, in Spanish, Andro's saying, uh, Penn has a show in America called Penn and Teller Fool Us, where Spanish magicians go on and fool them. <laughs> <laughs> Junke showed me a trick that was the most mind-blowing songing I've ever seen in my life. And then we went to a restaurant that has been making paella for like 200 years because, you know, it's Spain. Yeah. So what we think in Vegas, an old building in Vegas is 15 years old. Right. An old building in Spain is 2000. Yeah. I mean, we, just we really don't have a, a brain for it. Yeah. We don't even understand it. No. This place has been making paella forever. Junque, who owns the town, uh, essentially, he's got his own park. He, he called them up and said, this is Junke, a magician is coming over to the United States. He's vegan. Could you make a vegan paella? And they said, we've, we've never done that. And he said, well, I'd like it. And they worked for a week and served us a paella. Oh, so fabulous. So we're going back there. I don't know how much time Hondo and I are going to have to rehearse because <laughs> we have a lot of food planned. <laughs> a lot of meals. A lot of meals. Yeah. But we are going, uh, I arrived in on a Monday and then Tuesday he wants to rehearse just the two of us. And then Wednesday we bring in the band. Yes. Band. Band. And the cheerleaders. What? We have a band. We have a, like a eight piece band and cheerleaders. Cause Hondro, we're doing one bit, which we're calling Spanglish, where Hondro comes out and says, some people think that Penn doesn't really speak. Spanish, that he just learned this all phonetically and by rote, and they think he's not understanding anything. And I say, Io de puta. <laughs> and he says, see, he understands everything. He said, but to show you that he understands Spanish perfectly, 
I'm going to do everything in English, and then he will translate into Spanish. Ah. And he says, so I need two people from the audience, one who speaks English fluently and one who does not speak a word of English, only Spanish. Spanish person goes on my side of the stage, English-speaking person goes on his side of the stage. And then Hondro goes completely to English. And he says, uh, now I'm American. And he drops an American flag, and then a cheerleader comes out, and they play the Star Spangled Banner, and he and the cheerleader dance, and they talk about American football, and they sing a little bit of Springsteen's Born in the USA, <laughs> and they bring out a table with red, white, and blue bunting on it, and Hondra goes, I am American. And he goes, and Penn is Spanish. And we bring the Spanish flag down, uh-huh. and then a YouTuber who's working there to get out of the taxes sits there typing, playing the part of the cheerleader. And then an eight-piece band comes out and plays the song Chocolatire that they play at weddings and all dances. They play that, and I dance with the YouTuber, and we have a table out there. And then Hondro says, I have your perfectly ordinary deck of cards. As you see, they're all different, 52 different ones. I shuffle them, I cut them, and now I'm going to have you pick a card. And I say, card this. <laughs> and so it, so it goes on. Yeah, yeah. And the trick, the trick continues like that. Awesome. So we have to rehearse with the band and the cheerleaders. And the cheerleaders and the YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And uh, there's, other, there's other stuff. Uh, I mean, there's obviously a monkey. Cassandra and I don't seem to be able to work on any bit that doesn't have a monkey in it. No. So Senor Mono from uh, from our show in the U.S. Excellent. will be appearing over in Spain. Oh, that's great. And we're doing uh, like four, five Penn and Teller tricks, and then we're doing a bunch of Hondro tricks. And I think, putting aside me speaking Spanish, I think it's going to be a pretty good show. It sounds like an amazing show. But it's really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also just love that there's bits that are just good bits, mm-hmm. just stuff that's good comedic, fun, entertaining stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're doing a, a lot of tricks, and uh, and uh, I'm doing the broken bottle juggling, and there's one thing I'm going to go, motherfucker, oh, lo siento, in espanol. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Hondro, does uh, everybody in Spain know the word motherfucker? He said, everybody in the world knows the word motherfucker. <laughs> so we are, uh, we're exci- I'm excited. I'm excited. Did you do a lot of uh, Spanish? Did you spend a lot of Spanish time with, uh, with Honduras speaking Spanish? A lot of Spanish time. But not really speaking Spanish, like conversationally. Yeah. But working on the material. Working on the material with us. Because Hondro has decided that Pistola de Clabes, Pistola de Clabes is a nail gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because of all the memorization and all the moves and actually doing the trick, I need to have that memorized word for word. Ah. So we translated that together, and I'm memorizing it word for word. But every other trick in the show, he does not want me to have memorized. He wants you to just speak. Like I do if we were doing the show in English. Ooh. So it's really, really hard. And he says- Both sound hard to me, by the way. He says, in this section, 
if you don't understand every word I'm saying, I'll just be saying this. That's what he's saying, General. I'll go fast and tough here. And he says, if you run into any problems, just ask me. Yeah. Just ask me. And he said, that'll all be charming. He didn't say charming because charming is not a word in English that Hondro uses. Right. Because we have to remember, Hondro's English is limited. He speaks very, very well. Yeah. But it's not quite the, you know, when I did broken bottle juggling for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, as you know, is a 15-minute monologue. Right. And fast and in English and complicated and covers evolution, you know, yeah. and covers all this stuff. When I gave him this hunk, um, we needn't go back to a savanna somewhere in northern Africa 150,000 years ago for this particular trait to be selected for. When you're dealing with carbon-based life forms, this is the organic life. Even at your earliest multicellular level, those organisms that grab onto fire and don't let go start going to jump into the gene pool with the same gusto of our real ancestors. Yeah. Hondro said, I, I don't understand any of that. So how are we going to do it in Spanish? I said, we're not going to do that in Spanish. That's as simple as that. We'll do another section there in Spanish. And there's another one where I say there's no obscenity in the show. But if I cut myself while juggling, I'm going to take you all on a scatological sexual white knuckle ride through the Old Testament. I'll be covering the uh, violent non-consensual sex acts of Deuteronomy 14 through 27 in the graphic street language of the late but still great Tupac Shakur. Andro said, "What the what these uh, the words Shakur?" Ah, so yeah, yeah. Um, those will not be in the show in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I can imagine not. I know Andro went to see Matt Apple. Uh-huh. And Harrison Greenbaum speaks very quickly mm-hmm. and uh, does a lot of crowd work. And a lot of cultural references. And a lot of cultural references. And Hondra was like, maybe 40%. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He says he understands every word of Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up. Because Jerry Seinfeld talks clearly. Yeah. With uh, not much of a regional accent at all. Right. Little bit of New York, but not so as you'd notice. Yeah. And clearly, and every word thought out, and no mumbling, and Hondo says all the way through, really easy. And he says Bill Cosby, all the way through, really yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Chris Rock, a lot of trouble with Chris Rock. Yeah. Even if he's repeating everything. <laughs> Which he does. Hondo said that helps. It does. Yeah. Hondo yeah. yelled at us because we're doing, in our show, we do Donut, uh-huh. and we do... Um, uh, magic block, which are both rope penetration tricks. Yeah. And he says, you're doing the same trick twice, same trick twice. And we're doing jelly beans and pizza, yeah. which are both food and money. And Hondro said, you can't keep doing the same trick in, 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 in over and over. What are you, Chris Rock? <laughs> you put it there. You put, put it. Put. Maybe put, you put. Maybe you put. I don't know. You may not like, but maybe you put this over there. Maybe the hay needs to. Oh, Hondro, shut up. <laughs> I mean, Hondro makes the show better. Yes. But boy, it's not easy to make the show better. No. No, no, no. No. And I think always being there uh, for rehearsals during Hondro's week, I don't know if there's anything more frustrating than the trick being 90% there or 95% there. And you're just trying to still loosen the legs. No, there's something more frustrating. Something more frustrating is when a bit is 100% there, 
no doubt about it. And Hondro comes in to tell you it's 90% there. <laughs> That's what's the most frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bits that we've put to bed. Yes. And Hondro goes, could be, it, uh, it could be a little better here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shut up, Hondro. But you put that in and it feels real. No, good. I remember because I was coming from podcasting. I was walking in uh, uh, after rehearsal had already started. And uh, I see all the Espanol props out. And I was like, uh oh. Yeah, this, that bit's this, done. This wasn't on the list of to do's. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, uh, he likes to fix things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, He's a great eye. Great eye. Such an amazing sense of magic. Yes. I guess that's, you know, I think Hondro starts out very smart and very talented. But then you add Juan Tamaris just drilling into him. Oh, yeah. The time he was 12, what magic needs to be. Yeah, well, he, he ended up staying and watching one of my shows. Mm-hmm. It was not on, on my plans. <laughs> Did he find anything wrong with your show? Yes. <laughs> but one, I, I thought he was giving me a note of something small. Mm-hmm. And then when he said, if I could have thrown a knife in the back row and hit you in the chest, I would have. I realized he was giving me a big note. <laughs> And then he said, before he finished the note, he says, listen, I'm not Simon Cowell, but you have to listen. He's like, <laughs> like he's going to hurt my feelings. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, he, I, but it was, it's true. Like I, I have a very weird path to magic. So there are definitely like very basic building blocks I never got. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so he says, when you do this here, you're basically telling the whole audience how you do the trick. And I was like, what? <laughs> Like, I I don't have that in my bones, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't have to say that at all. He goes, no, you still say it, but just over here. And I was like, oh. And I still don't know why, but I'm like believing him. I believe him. But he's like, you might as well just turn around the whole trick and show the audience how you did it the whole time. Yeah. You should just have the audience watch it from behind, the way you said that. And I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> how embarrassing. Yeah. Did he give you other comments, too? Uh, no, actually, for the most part, he just, he, 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 he enjoyed the show. It was good. And he, that was one big note. And then, uh, he, he was, he, he basically was one trick he just didn't like, but he thought it was because of him, because uh, I do baseball cards instead of playing cards. Uh-huh. And he was saying, you can't see baseball cards from the back. And that's why playing cards work and that kind of stuff. And I thought the trick actually happens, I think, mentally for Americans. So I'm not really that worried about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Baseball cards don't mean jack shit to Hondro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even bullfighting doesn't mean jack. Even soccer doesn't mean jack shit to Hondro. Yeah. Did you know that? He also is Spaniard and doesn't drink, and he's Spaniard and shows up on time. And just let you know that magicians are nerds no matter what culture. Yeah, exactly. That's really what it is. <laughs> no matter what culture, yeah. they don't fit in. But I was mad because I, I, if I knew he was coming, I would have done his I would have done his trick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh man, if I knew this, I would have I would have prepped it. You would have. Yeah. I would have think if you knew he was coming, you wouldn't have gotten near his trick. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to see it in person. I, the Vending's gonna have great notes on that, you know, and that's still one of my newer bits. So uh, I wanted to do it, but I wasn't sure the, the, what the crowds are gonna be like at these at this venue. So I wasn't sure to, whether to pack that trick or not. So I, mm. I played it safe. Now I regret it. Regrets. Now he's back in this country. I'll never see him again. Yeah, but he got stuck in New York. Did he? Yeah, he didn't make his connection. So he's in New York overnight again, so. Oh, that's tough. He wanted to get home. He didn't, so. 
There's nothing near New York airports. That's what sucks. Everyone's like, oh, an, an extra night in New York. No. Have you ever tried to get anywhere from a New York, any New York airport? Newark, LaGuardia, JFK, they all suck to get to and from. Are Newark, LaGuardia, and JFK three different airports? Yes. LaGuardia isn't JFK? No. Really? Two different boroughs. Huh. I didn't know that. <laughs> I've, I've floated to both of them and thought it was just the same one. Ah. Oh, no. They're different places. Well, you know, Glenn. When you pay for a cab to go to one and you get your ticket goes, shit, it's supposed to be the other one, that's when you learn. <laughs> and you go, fuck, I'm at the wrong airport. Yeah, well, I, I'm not ever in charge of that. Exactly. 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 I have been driving to the wrong airport for my own flight or driving to the wrong airport to pick up a friend. Uh, I've done both. Well, you know. They're far uh, apart. Glenn has this weird, fucked up, you know, memory. Yeah. Which is really good. And he will say stuff like, oh, we're landing in the Houston airport and we land at gate 73. That means to the left, there's an Einstein bagel. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he must share my frustration then. The, the mistake you make at Newark airport is all the food is before you go through the gates. Mm -hmm. And there's basically no food once you go through the gates. And it's like, that's different than every other airport. So if you're going to plan on grabbing a cup of coffee at the airport, do it before you go through. Yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, I I don't even understand. Yeah, I you, th there is no one understands the oblivion that I'm in <laughs> when I travel. Essentially, someone takes me by the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just you're basically a twelve year old travel with a little badge yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Get my little airport wings. Let me, <laughs> let me peek into the cockpit. I got my little Pan Am wings. Yeah. This is called the jump seat, Pen. Yeah. This is where we, we hang out while you guys sleep. Yeah. I have, I pay no attention. Yeah. I don't know one airline from the other. I don't know one airport from the other. You don't have a preference of airlines? No. I have no preference. But remember, I fly first class. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I just know that the- um, You do I, know the Southwest because you have to try to, they have to try to get you on and get those big, the big yeah. feet seats. Oh, well, that was the best idea we ever had- was hiring uh, Aaron Guernsey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a brilliant hire. I didn't know at the time <laughs> that we needed to hire a stage manager based totally on height and weight. Because <laughs> if we're on Southwest yeah. and Aaron sits next to me, I have two seats. <laughs> she takes up no space at all. She's essentially my carry-on. <laughs> so it's 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 terrific. I mean, she's yeah, a bit yeah. over five foot yeah. and slender, yeah. and uh, it's, it, it's terrific. Huge tech companies in America pay next to nothing in taxes, meaning they barely give anything back to the society that made them rich. They may not do a lot of giving, but they sure do a lot of taking. Friends, I'm talking about how these tech companies enrich themselves by taking your personal data. They grab your web history, email, metadata, and video searches to create a detailed profile in you that they sell that off to the highest bidder. Companies aren't just selling products anymore. They're selling you. You have become the product. To protect your identity and data from these tech giants, I recommend using ExpressVPN every time you go online. Think about the websites you visit, Facebook, Twitter, Google. Everything you do is being tracked by these giants. ExpressVPN makes you anonymous online by camouflaging your IP address. ExpressVPN also encrypts all of your data so that you're protected from hackers, anyone else is trying to spy on you. 
and it's so easy to use. It's like nothing. It's just like a click and you're done. So if you're like me and believe you want to keep your data private, try ExpressVPN. Protect your data with the number one rated VPN provider today. Visit expressvpn.com slash pen to get three months free on one year package. That's expressvpn.com slash P-E-N-N. ExpressVPN.com slash pen to learn more. You'll like it. Oh, man. My uh, uh, wife and I, we went and saw uh, Jim Gaffigan over mm. at The Win. How was Jim Gaffigan? Oh, he was great. He is excellent. I don't know anything about him, really. Um, well, he's, he's, uh, he's, I guess he's mostly known as a clean comic. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really curse or anything. Um, I've always been a fan of his. I've always wanted to see him live. Uh, because um, like in some interview or whatever, he said, he goes, I'm not, I'm not clean by choice. I don't think cursing is like gross or something. It's like, I, if I curse, no one laughs. And if I don't curse, people laugh. You just, you just have to choose your lane, you know? It's absolutely true. Yeah. Speaking of cursing in stand-up comedy, uh-huh. Max Gottfried. Oh. Gilbert Gottfried's son. Yes. Who's uh, 14 years, 13 years old. Yeah. 12 or 13. I'm not sure which. Yeah. He started doing uh, impressions in stand-up oh at my 12 God. or 13, and he's very funny and looks a lot like Gilbert. Yes. And this is the funny part. He took, there's because it's New York City, He they have a stand-up course for junior high, high school, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, not yeah. a course, a class. Class, yeah, yeah, like a weekend he, thing. He took the class and quit because he wouldn't let him work blue. He was 13 years old 13. Telling, telling filthy jokes. <laughs> I'm on Max's side. Because <laughs> there's no way Max goes through that course completely. Sure, he'll learn stuff. And sure, he'll be challenged. And he'll grow as a human. There's no way that guy's going to work clean when he is old. <laughs> yeah, he was doing. It is a fool's errand. He was doing an impersonation of his Colombian nanny. And the punchline was, I should have fucked him when he was four. They, they, they didn't approve of that. They didn't approve of the impression of the Colombian nanny. They didn't approve of the punchline. They did not approve. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just already, you're already reading the first chapter of the book, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I made fun of my Colombian nanny, and boy, did that not go great. <laughs> well, I'm... Didn't say it didn't go great. Right. Might have gone really great. Oh, yeah. It might have crushed. Teachers didn't like Teachers it. Teachers didn't like it. <laughs> oh, actually, not even the true. Yeah. Teachers might have loved it. Teachers didn't think they could let it go without getting in trouble. Right. That That's what we're talking about. Yes. We have to be very careful not to confuse those two things. No. He might have killed with everybody in the room, but that doesn't help. No, I mean like uh, even you know seeing seeing Mox on stage for four nights, mm-hmm. uh, the natural intelligence and funniness that clearly just Mox was raised with, you know, <laughs> and you've said on this podcast different inappropriate conversations you've allowed at the dinner table because it's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's evident. That's that's what's on display, <laughs> right? And uh, I can't imagine if Gilbert as a dad. What was allowed and not allowed at a dinner table must be very different standards than the average American. I suppose so. Yeah. Well, I sit and watch uh, Peacemaker. Yeah. With my son. 
Right. And Peacemaker has a lot of sexual situations. I'm nervous to watch it with my wife. <laughs> she gets a little, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And my, my son's 16, he watches with me. And then when I don't get a plot point, he says, you stupid cunt. This is how much of a, a groveling nobody I am. Your son laughing at like three jokes that none of the, none of the audience was laughing at. Yeah. Like made my night. Like I was like, I'm making Z happy. I'm, well, he's. Uh, I'm feeling good. He is a sophisticated comedy artist. That's what I mean. They're, they're very subtle jokes that are based in there just for me. <laughs> yeah. That I know that I know they're not going to get less. I'm moving on fast. Yeah. I'm not pausing. And I heard Z's laughter, and I was like, "Oh, that feels so good." Yeah, Zoltan uh, Zoltan knows uh, knows comedy. Yeah, and you know he the stuff that he watches is, um, you know, I mean, it's Community. It's yeah. always sunny in Philadelphia. You know, it's it's those uh, are good. Those are good. Yeah, those are good foundational. If you if you think about writing, those are yeah. those are these are great foundational things to to watch. Yeah, and he talks. I mean. He cares about character arcs and yeah, all sorts of stuff. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I turned to Robert De Niro. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. By the way, I want to get this out of the way. I want to say it both of these shows. Sideshow Gelato. Sideshow Gelato. Is opening June 1st. Sideshow Gelato's grand opening June 1st, ribbon cutting at 4 p.m. They have sideshow performers, sword swallers, magicians, and all their uh, scoopers perform. Everybody that makes you gelato also performs. And they have Penn's Gelato to taste, as well as my vegan pistachio. The vegan pistachio is one of the best desserts I've ever eaten. And Penn's Gelato? Is second? Pretty good. Is very good. Pretty good. But, but you and I both sp- spent money to get pistachio shipped to us during the pandemic. Yeah, you too have- spicy. Yeah. Ben's gelato is too spicy for some. It does have some spice to it. It's that That's blueberry that. cayenne thing. Chocolate. Right? Blueberry yeah. cayenne and chocolate. Yes. Which is a good mixture for gelato. Gelato. Some people yeah. don't agree. The carton has a drawing of me on it. I ha- you have an ice cream. You have a gelato named after. You. Yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if I made the final cut, but I was in the I was in the Kickstarter. The address is four eight one nine Northwestern Avenue in Lincoln Square. Oh wow, that's where you want to go in Chicago on June first for the ribbon cutting at four p.m. and to see a great show. I mean, he's had people who are with it. He's had real carnies there. They think he nailed it. They they love it. That's great. So Jay's so be. passionate and so thorough. Yep, it's it really be, should really be, cool. Should be really good. I just hit the wrong button and my maps took me to directions to how to get there. Well, I guess we're going. All right, see you later, everybody. Okay, a road trip. Ready has free tickets. To yeah, go. He, has, he has a ticket right there. If you want Ready's ticket, you can. I'm go. selling it. He's selling it. All right. So you can write to uh, questionpen at gmail.com and get Ready's VIP ticket to June first. Sideshow gelato. Is that what you're gonna do? Ready? Yep. Highest bidder? We'll see. Uh where's oh, I might be generous. You might be generous. Okay. Okay. Well, he he's a generous man. Yeah. Yeah, and to uh tomorrow night, which, which tomorrow is uh Zoltan's birthday. Oh nice. He will be seventeen. And I get very excited because um his birthday's the same as son Ross. Oh yeah. Very excited. But my son is very excited because his birthday's the same as Ted Kaczynski. And I try to push him off Ted Kaczynski to and over to Sun Ra. Yeah. And he he showed me a picture of someone's room that had a bedspread of Ted Kaczynski 
Yeah. And wallpaper of Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. And said, I want my room like this. And I said, uh, Zoltan, what makes that really funny is the fact that the room is pristine and there's this psychotics picture up. So when you get your room pristinely clean, <laughs> then we will give you all the Ted Kaczynski accoutrements you want for your room. Perfect. Shut him the fuck Leveraging up. Leveraging currency. He was done. <laughs> Not a chance, Ted Kaczynski. I'll tell you, what Ted Kaczynski, the uh, shot when he was arrested. Yes. That on their bedspread is disconcerting. Yes. I'm telling you, yeah. even for me, who's not particularly easily disconcerted. It's the child of someone who loved risking not getting laid for a joke. <laughs> Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski bedspread seems like, seems like the son of a Gillette to me. That would get you there. Yeah. That would get you there, no doubt. <laughs> um, yeah, Ted Kaczynski, that's his birthday, May yeah. 22nd, along with, uh, along with Zoltan. Oh, man. And Sun Ra. Let's yeah. not forget Sun Ra. Uh, and then you're staying in town for graduation, right? Then you're leaving town? Yeah, yeah. The grad. This is so weird to me. The graduation is at the Orleans. Oh, that is weird. Graduation is at, it's not in a gymnasium. It's at a casino is where they have the high school graduation. It's weird. So everybody can go get their slot points and go to Fuddruckers and go to graduation. That's the <laughs> yeah. way it's going to work. I guess so. Um, get your TGI Fridays and then head on over there. Teller and uh, and Glenn leave for England uh, to, on Monday mm -hmm. to get over there and get over jet lag and ready to do the shows. And I'm staying for Wednesday for the uh, for Mox's uh, graduation, and then I head over on Thursday. Over to the UK. I will be in the UK for Mox's birthday. I'll miss Mox's birthday. Mox won't give a speech or anything. I don't know. She's uh, she's on a roll and she's president's achievement and all those things. She had very good grades and I guess that's what you need to uh, go do magic show at Edinburgh. Do they have uh, <laughs> do they have like pranks set up? I did a lot of pranks and stuff for my graduation. We got really we wanted to pull off a bunch of bullshit at our graduation. And now it's the internet. No one does anything in the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. They don't drive. They don't have sex. They don't do anything. They don't prank. They don't make jokes. They don't talk to each other. They just type. All right. It's like Mavis Beacon has taken over the world. <laughs> and what does uh, Z want anything for their birthday? Uh, he's, uh, Zoltan's, uh, uh, he is taking a, uh, a friend out. He wants to go to a very fancy meal, get dressed up, and take a friend to a very fancy meal in Vegas. Oh, wow. That's all he wants for his birthday. No party. One other person go out for a fancy meal. And he wants to wear a suit. That is where he uh, does not follow uh, in my footsteps. Right. Yeah, yeah. He wants to dress up. He wants to go dressed up and go out. He often looks good. Sweater vests and... He often dresses up and looks good. I never had that happen. To me. So do you think if you, you know, if you were, if you were a magician in another era, you might just be both on stage wearing hoodie sweatshirts or something, right? Do you think if you didn't suit up for work, you'd want to get in a suit more often? No, no, never, I mean, never, 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 never. It's just a working suit to me. Yeah. You know, but I think if we were starting in magic now, we would still wear the matching three piece suits. Yeah. 
because it's, you know, Robert Houdin. The idea was to dress like your audience. And even with the hoodies being so prevalent, uh, a suit is something every man in the United States of America wears at some point. Yeah. Maybe he's a defendant. Yeah. But always. So it still seems like an invisible outfit. I dressed up, uh, wife and I dressed up for Jim Gaffigan's show. Mm-hmm. I figured we're going to the win, big fancy theater. Mm-hmm. No one else shared those thoughts with us. Yeah, they were all there in, in, in T-shirts shorts. and shorts, yeah. And then uh, his audience, I was one of the smaller people in my row. Oh, yeah. My wife was like uh, Aaron on the middle, middle seat flight in Southwest. Yeah. Uh, we were just really crowded in there. Jim, uh, Jim, Jim Gaffigan gets uh, people that are overweight. Yeah. The BMI. The BMI of Jim Gaffigan's audience is pretty high. Pretty high. He probably wins that, you think? Uh, yeah. If Jim Gaffigan's playing Mississippi, yeah, there's probably a high BMI. Average. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has 40 minutes on Hot Pockets. Yes. 40 minutes on Hot Pockets? That's actually like, where, that's how he blew up, was doing his Hot Pocket routine. So much so when he says anything that seems like a little weird or a little outlandish or whatever, he goes, I know, I know. You guys just want me to say Hot Pocket. And then the whole audience cheers when he does. <laughs> Um, he came out, he did only a follow spot, like no other lighting on stage. But there must have been regular lighting. No, dark except for dark. a follow spot. And then, then the whole house, dark. It was so strange. And he started off with almost like a whisper. He almost was whispering the mic for the first five, ten minutes. It was one of the, it was one of the I mean, it was cool. It was a neat thing. It was but two follow spots, right? I probably mean, two follow yeah. spots. Yeah, yeah, But like really nothing else lit. And it was like, and I was like, oh, I bet. And sure enough, there was like no heckling no talk back nothing i bet it was i was like i bet it's by design i bet like no one thinks to shout or do something weird when when it's that dark and that and that quiet and it's that also small. telling you right up front what the show's about yeah show's about me talking <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to make it bigger yeah i don't want to make it more yeah it's just yeah what's that theater about a thousand seats Think so. Think so. This is the one where Showstoppers was in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Garth. I think that's the one Garth plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's about a thousand. It was full. It's really nice. Balcony. Now, like do you know him at all? I don't. I don't. He came to uh, Absinthe, and my wife was in it, and so she did it off with the manager, and they said, "If you're back in town, uh, you know, if we come back to town, you want tickets, let us know." And she said, "I'll just say yes now, you know, just let me know when you're back in town." And then we thought they wouldn't follow up or whatever. I really wanted to go see him, especially because. He was, he's initially like so vanilla in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. that, but he actually got so upset with the way things went with Trump that he actually started losing fans by being outspoken and stuff. And so he's anti-Trump? Yeah. It was 10 years ago, Matt. Yeah. 10 years ago today that you and I were out having grilled cheeses after I lost Celebrity Apprentice. Oh. And I had forgotten that... Um, I was told explicitly by the producers that the only reason I lost was that Trump's hair was like cotton candy made of piss. Yeah. And me saying in the book, trying to explain art to Donald Trump, it's like trying to explain art to Donald Trump, which I think (laughs) is one of the funniest things I've written, and the not supporting him for president, which I said 10 years ago I wouldn't. Yes. And uh, I was told explicitly it had nothing to do with any of the, t- it had nothing to do with the game, right? Well, now we know him. It doesn't yeah. surprise you at all. Right? No, no, no. It was a mystery then. Yeah. You're like, he couldn't be like this always, right? right? Behind the scenes, he must have some yeah. thoughtful thing yeah. in his head about his show. 
Yeah. Right. And uh, NBC said, you know, Penn uh, has won this, 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 and this. And there's the aggregate and da 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 da. And he yeah. said, made that comment about my hair. He loses. Oh. <laughs> so if he gets reelected, when he says retribution, he, he means it. I'm telling you, people, if you want yeah. Trump to be in office and to, uh, for petty reasons, punish everybody sitting against him. Vote for him. Yeah, that's that's. He's that not lying. He ass. says he wants to jail people, and he says whatever. He will throw people in jail that have said bad things. He might throw me in jail. Yeah, for saying his hair looks like cotton candy made of piss. And yes. my only way I would defend myself is by saying, Your Honor, his hair looks like cotton candy made of piss. Your Honor, I submit the evidence right over there. Yeah. I'm, I'm pointing at it. Yeah, sitting on top of his head, cotton candy made of piss. Don't you think? <laughs> Not even healthy piss. Order, order, as everyone laughs, as the <laughs> jury laughs. Not only uh, the jury would laugh, they just go, well, well yes. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. You know, jury of, of course, a jury of Trump's peers would all have cotton candy made of piss stuck to their head. Yeah. They would go, that just looks like hair. Yeah. Substantial truth is an absolute defense against defamation. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun night at the diner, though. You had to do like two appearances. Yeah. And you're like, as soon as I get to here, you said, come up to me and tell me we have to go. And then we will go. I said, okay. <laughs> and then I watched you walk this like weird, right, weird red carpet pattern all the way through. Yeah. And you, get, and you got swarmed. And I went right through the swarm. I was like, we got to go. All right. And we left. You liked that job, didn't you? That was fun. Yeah. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Pen. Pen. The thing we talked about. We have to go. <laughs> the thing. The thing. We got to yeah. go. Yeah. It was a fun night. Yeah. We and again, I think. Not having you be Celebrity Apprentice winner in any of your bios thing is a good thing. I think, I think it's very good. Yeah. Because being second place, people think, oh, he didn't suck up to Trump. Yeah. Whereas in reality, I did suck up to Trump. It was a TV show. That yeah. was the job. I did the job. But I didn't suck up enough to win. Yes. I guess people have that understanding in their bones. I think so, too. And that was actually because I had to wrangle for Debbie Harry. Uh, the mm -hmm. guy who won uh, American Idol, whose name I'm blanking on right now. Clay Aiken? No, no, no. The guy, there's a guy who won the later season that came by as one of your oh. people for your Vegas party. He was doing a show in Vegas at the time. Uh, he's coming gone. I forget his name. The funny thing was that he was sitting there and then Debbie Harry was sitting there and we we're just chatting or whatever. And he mentioned something about like music or whatever. And I gestured like, well, I mean, if you want to, whatever. And he goes, oh, who, who's that? I said, that's Debbie Harry. And he was like, What? And he was like, immediately, like he, he almost like jumped on my lap. Like he couldn't have separated me faster. <laughs> just took over and just like, he was like, I can't, I'm sitting here. I got to talk to Debbie Harry. And he did. And if you ask me who's harder to be a wrangler for, because I was a wrangler for Dennis Rodman and mm -hmm. as a wrangler for Blue Man Group, mm -hmm. who's harder to wrangle? I think people might guess Dennis Rodman mm -hmm. and they are wrong. They're wrong. Blue Man Group was the only handful. <laughs> Dennis Rodman was awesome. <laughs> and Blue Man Group was being Blue Man Group. So they were like running. All over the place, just called yeah, all kinds a, of havoc. We did a thing uh, for the rodeo. Yeah. We had to take a picture. They're doing an ad campaign. Yeah. I believe, I haven't done this in a while, and the and the people listening expect it. I think I'm going to violate a uh, NDA right Here now. Here we go. Yeah. We, we should have a special sound effect for that. <laughs> um, well, uh, extra work for ready. Beep, 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 beep. But the big, um, the big uh, slogan yeah. for the rodeo in December is going to be... Ah. I believe they haven't announced that and aren't going to. 
So there had to be a, a picture yeah. of uh, the mayor, Penn and Teller, Blue Man Group, Wayne Newton, Cirque du Soleil, Terry Fader, and then like five rodeo people. Other people too that I'm forgetting. Okay. You know, I had to do interviews. There did, you know, because we were doing that big photo. Oh, Cats. Cats was one of the people. Yeah, yeah. And um, we had to do interviews. And the Blue Man Group, of course, while I'm doing an interview, just come in and kind of look at me and tilt their heads and stuff. And then they they come over and say quietly to somebody, I'm friends with your boyfriend. <laughs> what? I, I think I just got a Blue Man fired. Because they're probably not even supposed to whisper, right? I don't know. I don't know. But um, but their job is to mess up people. So I did that. And then Terry Fader was there with his puppet, his doll, which is not a doll. It's a figure. Yeah. And he has somebody carry his figure around. So he doesn't have to until he sticks a hand up his ass and does a bit. Oh. He has a woman that's walking around. He has a, a puppet caddy. He has little, his little uh, doll holder. Right? Yeah. And Teller said, which is very funny, Teller said, uh, when when Penn and I are doing something, I want a person with their hand up my ass just carry me around till it's time to work. <laughs> <laughs> said, good thinking, good thinking. And we were there with Hondro, yeah. which, uh, which was funny. Yeah. Because Hondro's there at a rodeo thing, kind of going, too much America. Um, <laughs> one of the women from the rodeo, because you know, I tend to get photo shoots Make me sullen. Yeah. Over the rodeo said, have you been to the rodeo? I said, yes. <laughs> and then we all sat there. I was right behind Wayne Newton. Uh, Wayne Newton, all of us. By the way, Wayne Newton tried to knock me over again. When he shakes your hand yeah. and greets you, he's so, so intense. Yes. He grabs you and pulls you to him. Yeah, yeah. It's old and you school. go like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to be knocked over by Wayne Newton. I'm going to fall on top of him. It would be terrible. Yeah. But uh, Wayne is always so nice. So Wayne's in front of me. And there's a photographer there. And there's like 30 of us in the picture, right? 25, 30 of us in the picture, all sitting in seats there. Yeah. And the photographer says, okay, now do one just sitting normally. Now we want one where you all smile. So uh, I'm going to count down from three, then I'm going to take the picture, and it'll be right on three. And Wayne Newton said he actually means it'll be on four. And that's when I loved Wayne Newton so much, because that's a comment I would make, yes. isn't it? Yes. That oh, sounds very pet. So, so much a yeah, comment yeah. I would make. But then he said, everybody's totally quiet and paying attention. The photographer said, now, I'm going to start at three, count down to zero, and don't try to smile the whole time. It won't look good. But just right when I get to one, everybody just smile then. And I said, motherfuckers telling us how to smile. Just fuck me dead now. <laughs> and that... <laughs> Blue Man, Cirque du Soleil, Wayne Newton, everybody laughed really hard at that. Rodeo <laughs> people went, we kind of wanted to be told how to smile. Shut up. I'll take all uh, the advice I can get. Yeah. But I believe everybody laughed at me saying that, and they snapped the picture. Oh. So if that's the picture taken, that's right. And there's a picture of me sitting among Wayne Newton and everybody uh, that Glenn sent me that is me. Uh, looking like I'm in existential despair. 
I just looked like a, I, of all the people, was the last one to sit down, first one to stand up. <laughs> and Teller took the mark from the seat that said Wayne Newton yeah. and wore it as a badge. The rest oh, nice. of the day, he was yeah, wearing yeah. Wayne Newton. So he's walking around as Wayne Newton. So Penn and Teller were being Penn and Teller. Yeah. And the rodeo is coming to town in December. You in the middle of that picture, it says, play the end of Curb Your Enthusiasm music right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's, I know it's part of my job. And if I were a, an adult, yeah, if I were a smart person, a good person, I would go in there jovial and happy, realizing I'm not working in the coal mines. I'm not working in the Chicago ER. I have a very, very good job. If the worst part of my job is sitting smiling next to rodeo people, I'm doing okay. Well, I always laugh because like, uh, working on, you know, smaller shows or whatever, whenever, or even, you know, my wife getting big shows, Jersey Boys, you know, that kind of thing. Whenever you first get a show and you're called to publicity, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. like, I've made it. I'm being part of me. I mean, not only do they like me in the show, I'm relied on to help get butts and seats or whatever. Yeah. And after like a year, it's the first thing people try to negotiate out of their contract. Well, That's I'm actually not bad about that. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like, I still get up and do morning radio, even when we're sold out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even talked to Hondro. He said, we're sold out. I said, maybe we should do some press over there. Yeah. That, that might be fun. I don't mind press. It's, it's photos. Photo shoots. photo shoots. Photo shoots where they tell me, Ben, look a little more. Give us something. Yeah, yeah, It's just yeah. like, I don't have anything to give you. Again, uh, reading the Beastie Boys book, they got like some big shot director to come in to film a video. And then they're like, move around, dance around. And they're like, what? Do what? And someone's in a monkey mask. And they're like, all right, now both of you kiss the monkey. And they just stopped and said, what? Both of you kissed the monkey, and they were like, "Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming in." <laughs> <laughs> Just like this was an instant deal breaker. Like them kissing a monkey mask was like, "Nope, we're done here. We're it's over. Go on." Yeah, I don't know why photo shoots bother me so much. They really bother me. Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's because I'm not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, and that really bothers me. I don't mind. You get up at five in the morning, you do an interview, You'll you're, talk. you're talking, it's fine. Television, it seems fine, but I'm coming in just for them to take my picture. It's not the way I was raised. Yeah, yeah, It makes yeah. me very, very uncomfortable. You have a trade and you don't get to ply your trade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't just, what am I doing? I'm just standing there. Yeah. That's not what I do. Yeah. I don't stand there for a living, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this case, sit there. But I remember um, Joan Rivers- when we were doing Celebrity Apprentice 10 years ago, uh, Joan and I were going through the red carpet. Yeah. And Joan said, uh, which I thought was incredible, Joan said, I'm always uncomfortable on these red carpets. I said, me too. And she said, I think you're supposed to look right above the lens of the uh, camera. I said, really? She said, yeah. I was told that looking straight down the barrel which means looking right down yeah. the lens, doesn't look as friendly or good. You're supposed to look a half inch above the lens and focus there. I said, really? She said, I don't know, but someone told me that. <laughs> I said, really? She said, I don't know. I said, are you just setting me up to, oh, looking a half inch above the camera looks stupider than anything? She said, maybe they did that to me. And then Joan and I went down the uh, the red carpet. And if you look at those pictures of me and Joan Rivers, yeah. if we're both looking in the wrong place, that's why. 
Because <laughs> Joan Rivers had said that. So uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. It was 10 years ago, and I did not know that Donald Trump would be president, have been president. I'm saying he still is president because it was stolen from him. <laughs> but if he really believes that, he can't be president again. Right? He shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, they spent a lot of money looking into a lot of things and came up with nothing. Yeah. But what I mean is, if he's done two terms, oh. he can't be president again, right? <laughs> I like that, too. If he was actually president. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, boy, uh, everybody, as you know, in Hollywood hates Disney. Yes. Everybody hates Disney because Disney is the 500-pound gorilla. By the way, Spy Magazine did in the 80s, very funny magazine. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Anderson, very funny magazine. They would chart things that made me laugh so much. One of the things they charted was the size of the gorilla. And they had quotes over a 10-year period. Yeah. You know, he's the 500-pound gorilla. He's the 600-pound gorilla. He's the 800-pound gorilla. He's the 1,000-pound gorilla in the room. It just went just like that. People just kept increasing the weight of the gorilla. Yeah. Anyway, Disney is the 2,000-pound gorilla. Yeah. And anyone who negotiates with Disney loses. Yeah, I mean, I was the, I was raised by my my father who's an attorney. Mm -hmm. Don't lie to the feds, and don't go to court with Disney. That's two really things to... <laughs> yeah. I'm having problems with this metaphor. A two thousand pound gorilla is going to have serious difficulty with the square cube law. It sure is. That's no doubt. A lot of that gorilla is on the outside. There's not much surface area. <laughs> and also. Gorillas are primarily bluff fighters, yeah. which makes Disney the 2,000-pound tiger in the room. Oh, that's right. But any, any negotiation, yeah. anything, Disney wins. No, yeah. I mean, you know, truth be told, we, we had to negotiate with Disney yeah. uh, back in the day. And the fact that we got what we got, people said it was a miracle because yeah. if Disney wanted to go full bore in them. And they sue anybody for anything? Yeah. You put Mickey Mouse, I mean, they've gone up against Ricky Rat. Yeah. In the, they've gone up against what is Sky Pirates uh, that did the Disney parodies yeah. in the 70s. They changed the rules of public domain. They went up against uh, uh, Dead Mouse. Yeah. Uh, Dead Mouse won. Mm -hmm. But they will fight anybody on anything, and they fight to the death, and they never quit. They are like the Vietnamese who keep attacking you while you're shooting them. Yeah. You know, terrible. Everybody hates them. So now that DeSantos is taken on Disney, you can see all of Hollywood getting giddy. Yeah. Getting really, really giddy. I don't think he knew what a trap he was getting into attacking Disney. No. Because Disney may not give a fuck about being inclusive. They might not give a fuck about getting being woke. They may not give a fuck about anything except someone who fucks with them. Yeah. And then they take them down. So now they're suing them. Yep. Suing them, which is bad. Now they've stopped building a billion-dollar operation there. Yeah. They've also said, oh, there was a $17 billion we were putting in. We're probably not doing it now. It's possible. And, of course, the net effect is they end up helping Trump. Right. But- 
I don't like to play that cynical game. It's just fun to see. Oh, Disney. No one told you? Hey, Ron, no one told you about Disney? Yeah. No one told you to take on Universal? Fine. No one told you to take on TGI Fridays? Fine. <laughs> no one told you to take on the teachers' union? Fine. No one told you to take on the uh, publishers of publishers? Yeah. They couldn't say that, so they couldn't tell you. No one told you that? Oh, but you decided Disney was the one to fight. And then the spokesman for Ron said uh, when he took on Disney, well, they're starting to fail. Did you see that? No. He came out and said, they're a company that's starting to fail. No. I could name a few other states that wouldn't mind Disney World being in there. Well, they've already made they've already made offers. Did you know that? I didn't know. Other states are making offers. Yeah. Come on. If I was a governor of a state, I'd just be like, hey. How much would we like to have Disney World in Vegas? Yeah. We'd like that. We'd take it. Yeah. Yeah. They'll pay taxes. No one else does. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it's funny because like at first it's like you're winning in the press and then he gets into court and Disney's like, oh, ha, ha. It's like, uh, we might have been losing in the press for a second, but we know how to win here in yeah. court. By the way, uh, all your money, your campaign finances, uh, all the money that's been donated to your campaign, all that huge amount of money, that's what we make on Mickey Mouse-shaped cookies in two hours. <laughs> all the rest is buffer. Yeah. We are willing to put in the money we make on Mickey Mouse cookies yeah. to fuck you up. <laughs> and all you can think of is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? Al Pacino. You are here to help us. You are not here to fuck us up. I mean, and it's all just because they said, hey, don't, we're not, we don't like the don't say gay law, right? Yeah. That's how it all started. Yeah. Starts with the straight freedom of speech issue that anybody can do. I think it's bizarre. This war on like Bud Light because of they just did business with a person in, who's in the trans community. Yeah, like not because they didn't even endorse the law. Man, it's people are getting hair, yeah hair trigger. I I I know. Reddy just says they want to fight, and so they're just looking for anything to cause the fight. I think he's right. <laughs> they just want to fight. Yeah, because that's if you are the most outraged. Yeah. In your tribe, you are the most powerful. Yeah. And I am very outraged. That was Penn Sunday School. <laughs> that was Penn Sunday School. Cha cha cha. And to our listening. You become naked. Someone asked me to change that. Because of. Someone tweeted that it was time to retire, you become naked. And he had another thing he wanted me to say, and I forgot what it was. Oh. Did you like the suggestion, though? I think forgetting is an opinion. We love you. You got to thank there, Matt Donald. Yes, I want to thank the following people who support us over at patreon.com slash pen. Will Jason, Tristan Connett, Mason Gooch, Sagebrush, Matthew Mishu, David, I want to finger your cunt Brenner, Luke Mellon, Eileen Hunter, Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Matt Williams, 
Tom Bonerofus McQueen, Soapy Fresh, Dan Griffith, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Jonathan P., NewRuleFX.com, Eric M. Ryan, Krista Hatchaby Loop McKinney, David Insert Meta Joke Here Ruse, Matthew O'Sullivan, Betsy Batter, and Little Mandar. Thank you.